Hello, friends, and welcome to the Everyday Truth Podcast with Kurt Skelly. We are here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. And we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. Right now, we're studying the book of Revelation in a series called The End is the Beginning. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Welcome back, friends, to today's episode of Everyday Truth. Appreciate you joining us as always in Revelation chapter 21 after I introduce my coffee cup of the day, the now famous introduction of coffee cups. This one is from Homeline Baptist Church, home for your family, lifeline to eternity. I always appreciate my pastor friends and others from around the country that give me the coffee mug of their church or organization. So that's my Homeline coffee cup today. Love the color. Uh, We are, as I said, in Revelation 21, and we're talking a little bit about the new Jerusalem. I cannot wait. I'm going to have to wait a while, at least a thousand and seven years, but there's coming a day that we're going to see the new Jerusalem, this immense city in which the saints of all ages, Old Testament, New Testament, tribulation, uh, all, the, the people of all, millennium, uh, people that have been saved to come to Christ in all ages will have a place in the new Jerusalem. It's a, an immense structure um, coming down from heaven uh, to earth. Uh, we're going to describe a bit today about some of its dimensions, some of its features, Uh, It is, in many ways, indescribable, as we shall see, Uh, but the Bible does give us a little snippet, a little taste of what we're going to uh, experience, where we're going to live for all of eternity. So look at verse uh, number, uh, I think we finished verse number seven last time, where the Bible says, he that overcometh shall inherit all things, I will be his God and he shall be my son. So what is the greatest thing about eternity? The relationship that we have with God, the inseparable relationship. God is our father. We are his children forever and forever and forever. That that coexistence uh, with our heavenly father, with the triune God. What what uh, an encouragement that is. And then verse number eight, which I think some of you might be familiar with just because you use it in some of your witnessing. The Bible says in verse eight, but the fearful. So in contrast to the overcomers, remember overcoming is a matter of our faith in Jesus Christ. We overcome by the blood of the lamb. Uh, But look at what it says in verse number eight, but the fearful... And that doesn't mean people that are just afraid of of spiders or snakes or lions and tigers and bears, oh my. Uh, But the fearful here refers to those who are, allow fear to be their counselor, not faith. Uh, They're afraid of, uh, they're afraid of losing their life. They're afraid of uh, selling out to Christ, Uh, that, that kind of fear. But the fearful, the unbelieving, the abominable, murderers, whoremongers, sorcerers. Uh, I think that would include even uh, drug abuse. Uh, That's the root word. Idolaters, all liars, shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. So we talked about this. We talked about the second death 
at the end of chapter number 20, uh, the final abode of all rejectors of Christ, those consigned to that place at the great white throne judgment. Remember we talked about this? And the Bible says some of the characteristics of the unsaved are these. these. So is this a comprehensive list? No. But this is the list that describes those that reject God. Now, is that to say that we as believers have not done some of those things on the list, like lying or fearfulness or even times of unbelief? Certainly that would be the case. But the point is that the believer's life is not characterized by this. Such were some of you, Paul told the Corinthians, but now ye are washed, you're sanctified. We are overcomers, uh, which is the word there in verse number seven. So it's a contrast. Uh, The New Jerusalem is the place for God's people. Uh, The lake of fire is the place for those that willingly, volitionally reject God and whose lives bear the characteristics of that rejection that are listed there in verse number eight. Look at verse number nine. And there came unto me, I, I love the contrast here. Look at verse number nine. And there came unto me one of the seven angels. Now, which which, which angels? Watch what it says. One of the seven angels, which had the seven vials, or we would say today bowls, the, the bowl judgments, the seven vials, full of the seven last plagues. Remember, we talked about this. We talked about the, the bowl judgments and how awful they were at the end of the the second half of the tribulation period, how awful uh, these judgments are. Well, think about it. The same, one of the same angels that communicated that awful judgment, that time of great destruction and judgment on planet Earth, now watch his job now. In verse number nine, one of those angels came uh, and he talked with me saying, come hither, I will show thee the bride the lamb's wife. Wow, what a what a what a change of duty. So this angel had been dispatched by God to pronounce judgment in some way. Now which one of the bold judgments was it? We don't know, but a a, a job of great seriousness, a job of great negativity, a job that represented great sorrow, the one of the bold judgments. But now this same angel uh, as a messenger And that's what angels are, by the way, messengers, ministers of God, has the opportunity to give this great news as well. I find that true even among us pastors. We are messengers of God. In some respect, the Bible calls pastors angels. Remember chapters 2 and 3, unto the angel of the church of Ephesus, right? And the angel there meant the messenger of the church, most especially the pastor. So there's a sense in which even A communicator of God's word is a messenger, is an angel. Now, I'm not saying that men are angels and they're the same class of creation. I'm not saying that. But the point here is that a messenger sometimes is is given of God a very negative message to convey, as in the bold judgments. But sometimes an angel is given a very positive message to convey. The point is, is that the message does not belong to the angel. Uh, The message belongs to God. The angel is the one that's giving the message, showing the story. And as pastors, and even as parents, teachers, 
We need to keep that in mind, don't we? That our message should be God's message. We should hear from Him. We should know and study His Word. We should share that with others. Now, sometimes that word is going to be a word of rebuke, a word of, of, of reproof. Many times it's going to be a word of encouragement, or I like this, good news. And that's what the gospel is, good news. So I just find it ironic that this angel is given this task previously and is now given this contrasting task of this great introduction of, hey, let's take a tour. Let me be your tour guide uh, for the new Jerusalem. That's the job that I want. I want to tell people that good news. Uh, Watch what it says here in verse number 10, where the Bible says, and he carried me away. So uh, somehow, some way, the angel carries John. Watch where he goes. Verse number 10, he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. Now, what have we learned? We've learned that the old earth, the old heavens, meaning the sky and the 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 universe as we see it, the stars and the galaxies, that's that's all been destroyed. It's all faded away into nothing. It's fled away, the Bible says. Second Peter chapter three, it's melted away. It's 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 to be no more. But God has created new heavens and a new earth. And now out of heaven, the heaven that you think of where God is, the third heaven, comes the new Jerusalem, constructed by God, made by Jesus for you and me. Uh, What is this city coming from God out of heaven? What is this holy Jerusalem descending? Uh, How big is it? What does it look like? What's its purpose? How do you get into it? How do you get out? You know, tell me more about it. That's exactly what this angel is doing. And the angel takes John to this high mountain and get the scene. And he sees this immense city. And we're going to see in a moment, it's it's, it's huge. It's the size of the moon. That's how big it is. And it's coming down to this earth out of heaven. And watch what the Bible says now in verse number 11. Having the glory of God. The very first thing that the angel says, or the first description that John writes down here, is that this city seems to drip of the glory of God itself. The glory, all that God is known for, the luster, the splendor, the magnificence of God himself, the glory of God. It has the, having the glory of God and her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal, like the, the splendor of this, this, this gem that shines brightly. And what we're going to learn later is that the light of the city is not some kind of a manufactured light. It's not some kind of a man-made light, even the light of the sun. No, that, that doesn't even exist anymore. That's been done away. No, the light is the light that comes from the Lamb himself, the light of Christ. Remember what the Bible says in John 1? When Jesus came to this world, that was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. But in the new Jerusalem, he is the light of that city. There's no more darkness. There's no more day. It's one glorious day. Time exists no more. It's the light of the city that shines brightly like a bright crystal gem. Look at verse number 12. 
And the Bible says the city had a wall, great and high. It had 12 gates. And at the gates, 12 angels and the names written thereon, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. Well, what what does that speak of? That speaks of Israel. That speaks of the Old Testament. That speaks of God's promise to Abraham, because those are the grandchildren of Abraham, right? The great-grandchildren of Abraham, the 12 tribes of Israel. Then the Bible says, and on the east three gates, north three gates, south three gates, west three gates, and the wall of the city had 12 foundations, and in them the name of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. Well, now we've got 12 gates. Gates speak to entering and exiting, entrance, permission uh, to come in, uh, a way by which people can get out, ingress, egress. But not only do we see 12 gates, we see 12 foundations. That speaks to permanence. That speaks to uh, the the uh, indestructible, uh, the foundation. The Bible says the gates are represented by the tribes of Israel. That's Old Testament. That's Abrahamic. That's covenant. But then the Bible talks about the 12 apostles. What's that? That's New Testament. And the apostles are all Jews, but they're also the fathers of, the foundation stones to the church. And so the, the Jewish Gentile body. So what is the New Jerusalem? It's a place for everybody. It's a place for Jew and Gentile. It's a place for uh, all those that have come to Christ by grace through faith. Whether they were Old Testament saints looking toward the coming seed of Abraham, or whether they are New Testament saints that are believing the reality of the finished work of Christ and his resurrection bodily, whoever it is, they've come by the way of the cross. And the city itself sends that message. The gates, the way in, the foundation, uh, the, 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 the solidity of, uh, deals with the apostles and the tribes of Israel. What a great nexus, connection that is. Verse number 15. And he that talked with me had a golden reed. <laughs> even, the, even the tape measure is 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 great in the New Jerusalem, a golden reed, and to measure the city and the gates thereof and the wall thereof. And the city lieth four square. Okay, so it's it's as wide as it is deep. And then you're, you're going to say and even high. So it's the same height, it's the same length, it's the same width, which means that the New Jerusalem is either one big cube, that's what I believe, or it could be one big pyramid. Pyramid. It could be a pyramid. Why? Because a pyramid can have the same height, right? And all the points can meet at one top point and still be a square at the bottom. So this is either a pyramid or a square that's coming out of heaven unto earth. And the Bible says, and the city lieth four square. The length is as large as the breadth. He measured the city with the reed 12,000 furlongs. That's about 1,500 miles. Now think about that. 1,500 miles square. That's huge. When you think about, that's halfway across the United States of America. And then 1,500 miles in all directions and even up 1,500 miles. You think about when you fly in an airplane, you fly at about 30,000 feet. Well, that's, that's only six miles up. We're talking about 1,500 miles up, 
1,500 miles this way and that way. The square footage, the cubic footage of the New Jerusalem is as big as the moon itself. Uh, Henry Morris, the, 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 the great uh, creationist, uh, father really of the creationist movement, uh, said that every, if there were 100, if there were 20 billion people that occupied the New Jerusalem, that would be of saints of all ages, 20 billion people, they would all have 75 acres each. I mean, this is a huge, huge place. Look at verse number um, 16 again. The length and breadth and the height of it are equal. And he measured the wall thereof at 144 cubits. So cubits, 18 inches. That's 200 feet high, according to the measure of a man that is of the angel. Wow, I'd like to keep on going because the the HGTV description is not over uh, here. Uh, We continue on, but we we don't have time for today. So hold your finger there in verse number 17. Let's come back to this and keep on talking about our future home. Boy, it's fun to go home shopping, isn't it? You look at Zillow or or, uh, Redfin or you you go on your local realtor, you go on home shopping. Can we afford this? That's out of our price range. Boy, that'd be cool to have that. Boy, this is the ultimate shopping because this has been bought and paid for. This is our home, a place of righteousness that God made, a gift from us out of heaven that you and I one day will experience, not for a day, not for a week, not for a season, but for all of us eternity. Hope that encourages you today. Uh, Have a great day in the Lord. I will see you next episode. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.